recording started. Do this thing. Welcome to Photography Chat with Merlin. Photography Chat with Merlin. This is Mocha only. Uh, yeah, he's um, he's a neighbor by my studio now. He lives like you know just in in the neighborhood here, and uh, you know you always want to support your creative pals. So um, he uh, he put together um, a little intro track for me, which uh, which is kind of cool. It just adds to the stuff that makes me feel like an imposter, you know. <laughs> imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. How are things in Toronto? Pretty cool. Pretty busy for the beginning of the year. But um, a lot going on. That's uh, salon, salon opened today with Gallery 44. Okay. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say, welcome to another episode of the Photography Chat. <laughs> We're on uh, episode nine, season three. And we've got Danielle with us today from beautiful Toronto that I miss so much. And... Uh, yeah, why don't you uh, say a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, um, I'm a photographer here in Toronto. I'm 32 years old, and I grew up in Pittsburgh, PA. And I moved back to Toronto in 2014. And you know, I was looking for a dark room and trying to get involved with the Toronto art scene and things. So I found Gallery 44, and I became a member there. And then um, just sort of doing my own things on the side also, just like freelance photography and things. Um, I don't know how to describe myself. You can ask me questions. like <laughs> No, like that. I think that was a good description about yourself there. Um, that was like excellent. And Gallery 44 is great. I miss, um, I miss the studio a lot. Um, you know, our, our mutual pal, uh, Jeremy, introduced, uh, I don't know if he introduced you to Gallery 44, but he introduced me to Gallery 44, and that's how I got uh, tangled up in that joint. Yeah, I, I was a member since, like, 2014. I didn't meet Jay until 2019. Okay. When he had the water photogram workshop going on. And um, that was the first workshop I actually did with G44. Because, like, okay. I remember reading the description and it was so, like, you know, mysterious. It was like, oh, yeah, uh, Water is an artist and I'm the assistant. And it had, like, this briefly <laughs> quote, you know, like, like, water, whatever. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Because, like, when I was in photography school in Pittsburgh, um, I did this... Uh, two-year photography certificate program at Pittsburgh Filmmakers. Mm -hmm. um, I was really into experimental camera and doing photograms and scanographs. So, like, I was already, like, familiar with the process. So, like, doing his workshop was fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I like that you use mysterious there because I, I think with, uh, with most things, when they involve Jay, there is a little bit of uh, mystery and whimsy about them. Um <laughs> I do love and miss that guy very much. Yeah. And, um, that's funny. You said that water was the artist. Cause when he did the, uh, the book 
on the uh, the faces for the cars uh camera was the artist in that one he was like just the facilitator uh he used uh, the large format camera right yeah he used that uh five by seven camera from like i don't know I can't remember if it was like the late 1700s or early 1800s. I do remember, though, it was created by a German dude that was a ballerina in his like professional life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a yeah. cool camera, though. Like That's how I ended up uh, crossing paths with him. He was in Kensington Market um, taking his portraits with the five by seven and I was there with my friend Karen who I talked to recently on here and uh, we're both uh, camera nuts and so we were like what's up with this contraption in Kensington Market and, uh, <laughs> you know he took our her portraits and uh, he showed Karen how to use his camera which was cool and then uh, he was like hey if you want a copy of this like you know swing by gallery 44 and you can pick up a copy there and um, then he sucked me into gallery 44. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I meant to ask you, are you still on the, the membership and facilities committee? No, my uh, I think my tenure there passed recently. Okay. Yeah, I just joined the board last month. Oh, so. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so you're like an official board member. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, I my first board meeting on Monday. So. Well, I'll shake it up yeah. there. <laughs> well, I really want to get like, more members involved and, um, you know, have some more members exhibitions and um, just kind of understand more like their education programming and their exhibitions. And yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I mean, that it would be nice to see more of a focus on the members. Um for sure. I know that was like one of the things that, that Jay and I talked about a, a bunch and um, yeah, I kind of felt like there could be more representation of, of the members in that, uh, in that place. And uh, it's kind of shit because there's like so many members there that have great work that, you know, should have more of a chance than that, like lottery that you have to like hope for the best for. And then you have to wait three years before you can, do it again or the you know once a year um group shows and stuff so yeah that'd be cool if you can uh, make some change there because I, I think there would be a lot of people that would really appreciate it and that could help with um some of the like i guess issues of inclusion that w would come up in the the member surveys every year where um there were a lot of people that voiced uh they didn't really feel welcome there um you know predominantly people of color but yeah I know. yeah yeah i'd hope to sit on the uh access and inclusion action committee also so okay awesome make some changes yeah yeah it was, it was um, kind of funny one meeting where we were talking about that stuff um, someone who made a comment that they didn't think there was like a diversity issue there. And I was just like, well, look at this meeting. There's eight of us and only two people are colored here. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of diversity. Here. It's like we had really good 
um gender representation though like the gender representation was much better than than the the race representation so i really hope that's something that can be addressed because it's not something that would get fixed overnight like it's it's something that's going to take some time to invest in and like show people that it's it's a inclusive place and that it's a safe place for people of color um because it kind of shows predominantly white right now, which, you know, that makes some people very uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. That may be like a, a larger issue in the art world in general. Well, I mean, there's that too, like <laughs> not just the art world. It's like, you know, almost every industry out there is um, not the greatest, like, you know, I, I just spent the last couple of days um, being indoctrinated at my my day job with uh, with stuff to get me pumped up for the rest of the year, and um, some of it was a little horrifically tone deaf. <laughs> so it's just like you know, there there's definitely this is not a unique problem to Gallery Forty Four, and you're absolutely right. It's it's something that is hugely predominant in the art world, but there's so many. Um, great creators out there um, who do represent, um, you know, d different groups that are fantastic making making moves. So, um, you know, I, I I really hope that can trickle down into Gallery Forty Four. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of conversations and you know, getting people together again in person. Yeah, I think that's going to be the big thing. Like, it's hard to do that change virtually. Um, it's, it's something more where you have to be able to do that in, in person. And I don't know if it's like maybe have like an ambassador or something that could like go out into um, different communities that would have like an interest of maybe using like uh, gallery 44 stuff and just sort of like bridge communications between those those things and like you know talk to them about it and be like hey you know what like we've got these programs for like kids to come in and learn how to like play with film and stuff like that um yeah. and I, I think if you can get stuff like that moving then that would show like real change happening and um, those people that fill out the survey saying they're uncomfortable um, with that mindset would probably start to shift, es especially if they started seeing more diversity in the membership joining because, um, you know, outreach just kind of happens. And so I, I, I can't remember if, if there was any outreach or anything going on there outside of like the school programs and stuff that, that were going on. Um, I know Layla is, was very open-minded to like, you know, doing cool workshops and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. We'll see how this year goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an exciting experience at, at the very least to uh, just get in there and, and see what it's like to be part of an organization at that level. Um, you know, especially the art world's a weird world <laughs> i've just dipped my toes into it a couple of times and i was just like i don't know if this is really for me <laughs> yeah the, 
you know, Jay and I have had a lot of conversations about that also, because I've been doing, getting more involved in like gallery things and shows, but also getting more interested in street art and the wheat pacing, which is like totally its own thing, like against the art establishment. Like you can kind of just do your own thing. So. Yeah, it's really anti-establishment for sure. And um, I think that's one of the things I really admire about the stuff that Jade does is um, he tried to change minds. It didn't really work out. So he was just like, fuck it, I'm going to do my own thing. And um, <laughs> that pace plots that he did. So um, you know, for, for people not familiar with this... Um, there's a uh, another creator in um, you know the Ontario area. There um, goes by Jumbleface Photo on Instagram, um, and he decided to make like a, a DIY street art gallery show called Pace Plots, and he found like a semi-abandoned commercial site in downtown Toronto, and he asked for submissions from people all around the world, and mm-hmm. uh, you know pasted up giant wheat paste prints of their work and um it was really cool to just see all the people that contribute to that and it's like you know these are likely people that would never have an opportunity to have a gallery show or anything like that um and uh, it was just cool to see that kind of thing and yeah it's i don't think that's something you would see like the arts council of canada like sanctioning or anything like that to be like yeah we approve of this it's like a a good art move (laughs) Yeah, that, that's how I, I reconnected with him because, like, I, I went to see Pace Platts. Like, I saw he was posting so much on Instagram. Like, he found over 20 artists from around the world and pasted their work. And, like, I went to check it out and I was like, hey, like, show me how to do this. And he said I was, like, the only person that actually asked him, like, how do you wheat paste? Because, like, I'd always been, like, familiar with it, but I didn't really think about it as an like an art process, you know? And then it was like last October, I went to Hamilton and he showed me the whole process. And he's like, okay, like we went to the Hamilton library and he got me uh, a library card. Like he told them I was subletting or something like that. And <laughs> that sounds like a J thing. <laughs> it worked out beautifully. So like, yeah, every time I'm there, like I try to print. And, uh, like, he showed me the instructions, like, how to print, uh, how to blow up the images into, like, a PDF grid. So we just print the 11 by 17 sheets and then make the big posters. And then, like, cutting with, the, you know, those hobby knives. Yeah. And gluing the images together and making a big poster. And how to actually make the paste with flour and water. And then, like, we scoped out some sites and like he's like telling me like how to look out for cops and like how to respect like other pacer space and like just giving me like a whole basically a boot camp for like oh, a weekend in Hamilton and then I was just like obsessed with wheat paste since then yeah it's been like an amazing experience and like we're still doing projects uh we have another show at made pace plats coming up for May Day. Oh, cool. So we have seven artists, um, including ourselves, that we're going to do a, a whole show and hopefully, like, a little print sale and, like, sell some some little snacks and things like that. 
So yeah, it's been really busy coming up. That's very cool. Yeah. So outside of like the wheat pay stuff, like do you have any other projects going on that um, you've been excited about or? Uh, I was just on a show at uh, Stack Market. It was for Black History Month with Crybaby Gallery. Okay. Um, there's eight artists. Um, most of them are like more into painting and illustration. I was the only photographer in the shop. But um, it was a really cool space. Like I'd, I'd never seen Stack Market or like even noticed all the shipping containers there before. But um, where's that one? Uh, Stack Market. It's like oh, Stack Market. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. at the end of um, just uh, just down from Queen and um, Bathurst. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere. Yeah. The bridge has been closed forever, cool. right? Yeah. That's cool. Right. I didn't realize there was gallery space in there. I, I didn't know it existed, but yeah, there is a uh, gallery spaces and I like, guess shops and restaurants and things like that. Yeah, it's a neat little spot. I had a friend, she was selling plants in one of the containers that was also like a gym. So it's like, because they weren't allowed to do the gym stuff indoors. Um, she had like a plant shop inside and then they were doing like their exercises outside. It's kind of interesting. I think it's brilliant. Like, I think Jay did a project like that years ago in Berlin. Like they just set up a, an art show inside a shipping container, just on the street. Yeah. Yeah. I think that stuff is kind of interesting. And it's like, you know, you gotta be uh, a bit creative to just sort of see, um, you know, how, how to promote stuff and, and get it out there and, and not necessarily just rely on, on trying to get into galleries and, and whatnot or be represented by someone that pimps you out. They get a grant and, yeah. You don't really need support from, you know, the art institution. Like, you should create because you want to and put it out there because you want to. It's, yeah, absolutely. That's what we do with Well, like from what I've heard from, um, you know, some, oh, whoa, chair dipped down. Um, from some people who uh, used to like professionally live off of grants back in the day when Arts Council was a little more open with that stuff. They're like, they don't understand how people can survive creating art now because it's just not as supported as it used to be. Yeah, I've I've never gotten a grant. <laughs> like I'm, I'm registered with Canada Art Council, but I, yeah, I haven't gotten a grant yet. But I'm yeah. not really thinking about it right now either. So that's fair. Yeah. Well, hopefully one day you get a really interesting grant and you can do something cool with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, other than that, um, you're familiar with Spectra with Gallery Forty Four. Yeah, that's the um, like the member run thing, right? Yeah, it's a, the members exhibition with the contact photography. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, we have a show at Artscape Young Place in May. So oh, that's cool. Be Seventeen through June fifth. So um, I'm coordinating that with David Scriven, and we have uh, Holly Chang is 
curating our layout for us. And we have 22 artists involved, so it's a lot of work right now. Like, we just got in everyone's um, images and their layouts. Uh, Everyone has, like, six feet by six feet of wall space to just kind of do what they want with. So I'll be showing uh, 10 scanographs that I've been working on last year and this year. Um, excited for that also. That's very exciting. So, like, how did you get started with, with like, the photography stuff and, and everything? Like, you know, what what sparked your interest to, um, to explore that? Uh, well, I've been taking photos since I was, like, a, probably like a preteen, probably. Um, my dad always had a lot of cameras and would, like, bring home disposable cameras and like both my parents are both pretty creative people also. And yeah, like through high school, I was on the, the newspaper and I was like more interested in photo photojournalism at that point and documentary photography. And like I was doing some workshops like through high school and college. And then like I went to community college and then Pittsburgh filmmakers for my two year program. So like I was, always really interested in photography. Um, But I kind of leaned more towards film photography, Um, 35 millimeter and 120, and then like photograms and the scanographs I do, just moving objects on the scanner and making like forms and abstractions and things. So like I'm constantly doing something like with photography or some kind of um, experimental process. So. That's really cool. Yeah. So, like, what what drew you to film over other other options? I, whenever I was in school and I had like, like all day, all night access to the dark room, like I was in my best place. I think like creatively and you know spiritually also like I I love like just being in a dark room by myself and just kind of experimenting and like creating things like I like physically seeing things happen and like I've shot a lot of digital also but like it it wasn't the same you know like I mm-hmm. I like I like film like especially like point and shoot cameras and disposable cameras like I will. I don't. I really don't invest in like a really big fancy camera because I kind of like getting like these weird accidents and a lot of grain and things like that. So yeah, just like artistically, I think I'm more drawn to film photography than digital. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. there there is something neat about that, like you know, messing with expired film and. Um... And the dark room, like I miss, I miss that. Um, there's something really special about just spending time in there by yourself, making things and, and seeing the image appear from nothing. Yeah. Um, Stephanie says that uh, your your path sounds uh, very similar to her photo journey. Oh, hey Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's um, what's your like trusty sidekick camera then that you uh, you take with you uh, whenever you're going adventuring? Uh, lately, I've been shooting. Um, my friend gifted me an Ensign Full View. I've never uh, heard of those. 
It, it's an English camera, I think, from 1940s. Oh, um, wow. It is really dope. But it takes 120 foam. So you look through here. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking dope. Is it like um, a folder or... Oh, sorry? Is it like a folding camera or a TLR? I... I'm, I'm not really sure what you mean. Like, like, does it fold up or is it just like a... No, no. Okay. Yeah, you just open it on the side here and then put in the film and crank it. So, Very cool. Yeah, that's like my favorite right now. Um, he also gave me a bunch of expired 120 film. So uh, I have also these two rolls of Kodachrome 64 from... 92 and 93 and like i'd love to shoot them but i don't think anyone can actually process them in color <laughs> no no one can do it there's a dude that was experimenting and he was getting close but then he like just kind of stopped posting about it you can develop it black and white but that's it gets okay. like muddy um because that's, that's the thing is why oh sorry what was that it kind of defeats the purpose of it, though. Like, it's supposed to be in color. It, yeah, it, it does defeat the purpose of it, for sure. And it's, like, it's a wild film because, technically, it's a black and white film. So, like, the, the underlay of, like, the film itself is it's a black and white base. And then they added, like, color receptors on top of it. And that's part of, like, what made the um, the color so vibrant, um, but also it was like one of the most toxic processes that Kodak ever made. And that's part of why they stopped doing it. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Like it was a super toxic multi-chemical process that needed like a specialized Kodak machine to do it. And um, I think it was Dwayne. Is it Dwayne's in Kansas or something? like There was a, a movie that they did about it of like the last roll of Kodachrome and um and there was a documentary oh, with Steve McCurdy um where he took like the last roll of Kodachrome off of the assembly line and then like traveled around the world like taking a shot in each stop and then was like it was one of the last few rolls processed at Dwayne's before um they shut the machine off wow yeah, I I hope someone can do it, or even if it turns out like kind of really bad, it might be interesting to see how it turns out. Yeah, you know? yeah, it'd be interesting. I've I've got a couple boxes of it at home too, just as like sort of souvenirs. I think there's like one of them's a sixty-four, and the other one's like the thirty-two. Um, I I think the boxes look neat because I liked the design of like the old Kodak boxes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Polaroid 600. Like, after you uh, were taking Polaroids with me and Jay, and then my friend gifted me his old Polaroid camera. He had three. He had one of them was a talking Polaroid. Oh, you cool. Record a message whenever you shoot. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so I've been shooting Polaroids also, but it is kind of expensive. Yeah, I um, 
I have a healthy addiction with it that costs me <laughs> so much money. Like, I I was talking to someone about the Polaroid book that I put up um, yeah. in December. And um, that book cost me more than I'll ever get back from it because <laughs> of all of the Polaroid in it. Like, I, I started thinking about how much I had actually spent on all of the film for that and I was like holy shit that that was excessive <laughs> but it was fun it was worth it it kept me from losing my fucking mind during the first lockdown yeah it, I love Polaroid so oh they're yeah. great they're, yeah. they're so much fun like um you know and anytime someone visits the studio they get a Polaroid and it goes up on the door and it's still like one of my favorite formats just to shoot for fun like um yeah this is uh, my friend henry he came and visited a couple yeah. weeks ago and uh I, I just liked how that one turned out and then my friend brian was visiting last weekend and we were playing around with gels oh cool yeah i want to yeah. do more of that but it's also really expensive to just fuck around with it. <laughs> you don't think about it when you're just like blowing frames out. And then like afterwards, when you have to like reorder shit, you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But they do make great gifts and party favors or whatever. Yeah. Like, so what I do is I usually carry a Polaroid and a camera that will shoot Instax square or mini. And, um, Is that the, Fuji one? the Fuji stuff. Yeah. I'll give yeah. away Fuji stuff more often than Polaroid. Cause it's cheaper. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's okay. more economical to like, you know, give photos out to people, but someone called me out on it. Cause they were like, you know, you, you rate people on how important they are by like what kind of instant photo you give them. <laughs> and I was like, that's mean. I don't purposefully do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe is the, the Instax for like non artist friends that don't really care. <laughs> well, so I used, cause in the before time, before all of this got super weird, I used to just like giving instant photos to random people like on the street, if they just like look cool or something. And yeah, you know, there's a lot of that, um, in Toronto, like lots of funky people. And so I would just <laughs> give them like a, a square shot. Um, yeah. It's definitely like, even if you what's wrong with that, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, <laughs> but this person was just like, you know, you're being like a instant film elitist and i'm like whatever it's my damn film i'll do what i want with it yeah stand by that yeah <laughs> i yeah, have I... one of those um oh, sorry do you remember those um i think iZone. yeah those... yeah so, i still have one but i i you can't I get a film for it yeah really? so <laughs> The, the iZone was an interesting product because um, it actually cost Polaroid a ton of money to make the film. It was one of the most expensive films for them to make. 
um, because it was hand packed in Mexico. Since it was so tiny, um, they had like an assembly line of people that were putting it together and it just, it wasn't economical and that's what ended up killing that, uh, that format. Um, but now they've got like a similar kind of thing to that out now with like the Polaroid Go, which is the tiny little guy that it's a cute looking camera. It's super adorable. I still haven't really learned how to love it yet, though, because, like, the frames are so tiny. Like, they're smaller than Instax Mini. And, yeah. you know, I thought it was going to be bigger, and it wasn't. So I was a little disappointed. Yeah. I, I mean, the eyes were cool when, you know, I guess I don't know what grade I was in, but, like, you had, they had the stickers on the back, too. Yeah, that's what it, Stephanie's saying. She's like, but the Go doesn't have sticker film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. It? Here, this is this is for the the go not having it. No, god damn it! I get these <laughs> buttons mixed up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta label this shit because I fuck that up every time. Um, yeah, it was cool because it had the the stickers on it and stuff, and I think you can. There's um, zero ink. Um, printers that Canon and Polaroid make and probably some other ones out there. Uh, Canon, I think calls it the Ivy and those have like their stickers that, that come out and those are kind of cool. And, um, I think they just work through your smartphone. So you like send a photo to it through your smartphone and it just prints out. So that's kind of a neat, neat thing. Yeah, that'd be dope. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, other cameras. I have this Nikon Zoom Touch. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's another point and shoot camera and it has a cool panorama setting on it also. Uh I haven't used that in a while, but it, it's a really cool camera. So I have like a love hate relationship with Nikon and their fucking panorama mode. Um <laughs> I I bought the uh the doctor's holiday camera the the nikon 35 ti it's one of it i kind of regretted selling it because it's like one of the most beautiful cameras i've ever owned it's just absolutely gorgeous if if it was just a matter of like having it to look at it all the time i would have kept it but i kind of hated shooting it because the autofocus was really fucking finicky on it and it had this goddamn panorama switch on the back that I learned the hard way. If you don't pay attention and you stick it in your pocket, it can easily switch into panorama mode. And uh, I shot like two rolls of film in Oklahoma and it was all fucking panorama. <laughs> and did it have a key on it or anything for the switch? Or no, it was, no- just, it was just a little switch that just, it was like a slider switch. And so it's like, you know, if you're not paying attention to it, you don't really know. And um, I wasn't paying attention because I was just having too much fun with my pals in Oklahoma. And uh, I got so pissed. I ended up like for the rest of the time I owned it, I like gaffer taped the switch. So I'm like, you will never go to Panorama (laughs) ever again, (laughs) son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, It looks kind of cool on this camera, but it's like these very thick black 
borders, but it kind of makes the images look like cinematic also. So. Well, that's kind of cool. Cause like the one on the night, like on the 35 TI, it was kind of like these borders, and there was like a weird like light hole. So you could kind of see that it was just masking the thing. So just, I don't know, just pissed me off. And <laughs> so I don't trust the pan run, but I did get a sprocket rocket recently. Um, the Lomography, um, like wide 35 millimeter. And that's pretty cool for actually shooting like real panorama stuff. Okay. Yeah. I'll check into that one too. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a cool camera and they call it the sprocket rocket because it has a mask where you can shoot it where just it's regular 35 millimeter frame, but it's longer. Um, or you can take the mask out and it exposes over the sprocket. So it looked just like your, your photos across mm. the whole thing. And, um, that's a lot of fun and they're pretty cheap. I think you can pick them up for like a hundred bucks or something. It's just like yeah. typical plastic lamography camera. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. I like, like just just plain disposable cameras also. There was um, one at Downtown Camera. I don't know if they still had it, but the uh, Ilford Infocolor, which mm. is really dope. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting one because, like, Ilford is known for black and white film, but then they have a color film, but you can't buy it unless you buy the disposable camera. <laughs> yeah. The, the pictures are kind of cool. It's supposed to be, like, retro-themed or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, they decent. If you if you like that like disposable camera kind of vibe, um yeah. you should really check out the uh Lomography um simple use camera. It's like a reusable disposal. So, um when you finish a roll in it, you can rewind it and you can reload it with another roll of film. And uh they're pretty robust. Like I think I've put maybe like 30 rolls through the one that I have. And um, it works really well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that's like pretty much all I've been shooting now. I have the Samsung Samsung Maxima. Uh, that's a camera my parents gave me when I was really young, and I I had never used it until last year, and <laughs> it turned out really cool pictures. So that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. So what's been like either your favorite photo or like favorite project you've worked on so far? So far. Um I don't know. I mean lately I think definitely the wheat pasting is a lot of fun because I'm you know, I can print my images, like my film images, my scanographs, really anything. But um I think definitely my the scenography is what I'm really interested in right now. So um, I I bought this really cheap scanner from Value Village. It was like ten dollars. I didn't know if it was gonna work or not because I knew I was gonna end up beating it up, like doing scans and stuff. And so, like I've been experimenting with uh, water on the scanner, like using fire oh, over wow. the scan. Oh, and so like, those those images you shared, though, those were scanner images. Yeah, the black one with the yeah, that's the water and pieces of metal, and uh, I was running fire over it also. 
Oh, wow. Um, yes. So that whole process is a lot of fun. It's like, it's, I have no idea how it, it's going to look. Right. I just, just move things around and then it just comes out with like these really weird forms and like everyone kind of says they look like something else. Like it's kind of like an ink blot test or like you're looking at the clouds like, Oh, it looks like, like a bunny or like, no, that looks like something else. So that's really what I'm interested in. I think, um, abstract photography and, um, I guess like leaving things to, to people's interpretation. So it's, I've, I've always been really interested in like symbolism and occult art and things like that. So that's kind of, I think where my, my style is going. That sounds like a very cool progression. Yeah. Yeah. The scans and, um, I want to get back into doing photograms also. Um, I think Jay and I are planning to do that some, at some point at his house. So like, just kind of like turn his apartment into a dark room for today and just make a bunch of photograms. So. <laughs> Jay says, ask her about the wheat paste handbook. He's been oh, waiting God. patiently this whole time. <laughs> This is this is actually really fucking awesome. Like we told you a bit about it. Yeah. But um like while we've been doing the wheat paste projects, uh we've been just like talking like, well, what is the history of wheat paste? You know, like like no one's actually doing it. Like we <clears throat> just doing research on Google, it's really hard to find things. And like I was looking through street art books and Hamilton and at Toronto Reference Library and North York Library. And there's like very, very few references to wheat paste. Um, like they talk about like street art in general and graffiti art and things, but like it might mention like some of the well-known wheat pasters like Swoon and JR and like Shepard Ferry also did some wheat paste in his early way. And um, so we just compiled like this whole history um, going back to like ancient Egypt, like the they would uh, make this glue out of papyrus and paste their daily rates in the marketplace, and uh, like the ancient Chinese would make like paste rice papers onto the wall, and then like we're just like thinking of like human made adhesives, and then like wheat paste was used for like book binding and um, paper mache and things like that kind of got more into like advertising like you know fly posting yeah. they're, they're all over toronto like you can see like ad after ad like pasted onto the wall but like we were trying to figure out like i guess when did it become more of like an art form like it was used as a political art form like we were looking at the situationist um, the student riots in Paris in 1968, and they would wheat paste um, their messages. They actually called their glue uh, Marxist glue at this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, the Black Panthers used wheat paste for their things, and the Gorilla Girls, and like we, we found a lot of stuff just like constantly going back and forth and uh now we have a pretty hefty book 
going on. There was sort of like a timeline from like the late 1800s um, in Paris and London and Berlin. You you would see these um, posters more for like theater performances and the circus and things like that. And uh, like all the way up to right now and where wheat paste kind of stands as an art form and is it ever going to be accepted, you know, by the art institutions. And then we get into like instructions on how to paste and how to make posters. And yeah, uh, we're going to be working on that tomorrow actually. And kind of figure out like what we want to do with it, like how we're going to distribute it. If we want to self-publish or kind of get some support for it. So it's, it's kind of really exciting because no one has done like compiled all of this information yet. So we'll see what happens. That does sound really exciting and very interesting too. Like that's wild that you're like compiling the history of, uh, of this medium and, it sounds like it's uh, a very interesting one. Yeah, like we started out, we reached out to like some curators and like people at OCAD and Ryerson. And we were like, hey, like, um, you know, we're a wheat paste collective and we're looking into the history of wheat paste. Would you have any resources for us? And they're all like, they had no idea. <laughs> they're like, oh, I'll. I'll connect you with this professor who might help you. Like they never got back to us. Or like this person has no idea. Like so we kinda had to like do it ourselves, you know. Wow. That I'm I'm really curious to see like what the finished uh what the finished project looks like. It just sounds really fascinating. Yeah. Are you gonna get into it? Like Jay mentioned you had uh you got a printer and I know you had pieces at pace plots also. So, yeah, I had the one piece at, at pace plots, which, um, I, I find that one kind of humorous, but, um, yeah. That great. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know what to give him when, when he was like, yeah, submit something. And I've always, I've, I've driven past that sign like hundreds, if not thousands of times, um, since I've been going back and forth between Vancouver and, and Kamloops. And I've just always found that sign in hope to just be hilarious where it's just like experience hope. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like a really fucking depressed, fucked up person. Like what, what does hope feel like? <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, your sign is, is kind of funny. Cause like, you know, it might not just be about, um, the town. Some people might see it a little differently. So I can't remember what I wrote on it. I think it was like, as a person with mental illness, I find this sign ironic. So yeah, yeah, I, it's a yeah. yeah I, I'd like to do more of that here because I haven't really seen a ton of it in Vancouver. We do have a lot of graffiti in Vancouver. Um, I find it's a lot angrier than the graffiti in Toronto. Um, 
and people are just anything like, Facebook lately because it's it's kind of angry. <laughs> no, I've well, I haven't had a chance to see it at all. Uh, um, I, that I haven't been there. I mean, there's a lot of anger in, in general, um, which yeah. is which is disappointing. Um, it feels like we're in a really kind of like divisive time. Um, and common sense doesn't really make that much sense anymore. It's like people are just getting very emotional. Um, even if it's not for the right thing, <laughs> so it's just, I mean, this, this whole pandemic has been really traumatic and, you know, it's changed a lot of people's ideas and politics and society and things. Well, yeah, That's I mean, why. there's that too, like, cause like, you know, even though shit's relaxing, like we're technically not still out of the pandemic yet. Yeah. And it's been a while since human beings have been put through something like this. And, um, I think especially in this time where we became so inter interdependent on things and travel was such an easy thing for a lot of people to do to be cut off uh like that and to like you know have it be this sort of like indefinite unsure thing has really fucked up a lot of people like um I, i've talked with a few people who are like oh man like i'm dealing with like depression for the first time and it's like it feels like it's just you know my life's gonna end and it's like sweetie it's gonna be okay it's just like, welcome to the club, you know, <laughs> Papa squat. It sucks. doesn't really get much better, but you learn how to live with it. So, you know, have fun. Well, it's a good time for, for making art and, yeah. and doing street art. It's kind of just like, fuck it, you know, do whatever you want at this point and just stay creative, stay producing something. Well, and yeah, I think that's something that is is really interesting for like a format like wheat paste is, you know, because of all the lockdowns and everything, we haven't been able to really do gallery stuff. So you can't really go show. So even if you were someone who would get gallery shows, you haven't been able to do a gallery show for a while. That's starting to relax now. But if if you're like frustrated and you want to like share a message or whatever, like <clears throat> things like wheat pasting or stenciling and, and whatnot, that's, that could be a good channel to like, you know, express that creative side of things. Um, I see more of that here, stenciling. Um, but it's, it's, <laughs> the stencils are all very like anti-mask, anti-vaccine um, kind of stencils, which... I kind of find funny that someone invested that much energy in into that because it's so silly. Um, like there's one that I see everywhere where it's just like, it's like mass, it says mask holes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, someone was very proud of themselves for that. They, they thought that was very, very clever. And yeah. no one would ever figure out that they're calling people that wear masks an asshole. Like... <laughs> Not. I think you should start pasting in Vancouver. That's 
that's one of the ideas um, for the the new space. Um, I got to figure out like a table situation or something um, to like do the stuff. I kind of fucked up with the printer though. I thought it was an 11 by 17 um, cause that was the model number the dude put in the ad. But then when I got there, it was only an eight and a half by 11 printer, but it was free. So I couldn't really fucking complain about it. Um, so I might have to just do the library thing like you guys and, uh, you know, plan out my stuff and then go, go get it printed. But, um, yeah, I think that's like one of the ideas for this year with the new studio space is, um, work on, um, doing, doing some wheat pasting. Um, I don't know if I'll go as like hardcore as Jay did with the nickel wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a really cool idea. Like I dig the nickel wall thing. Um, I do have a wall I could do that with. Um, I just don't know if it would make it weird for shooting on that, that wall. Cause it's also like the only wall I have to shoot against and, I don't always like using backdrops. Yes. I, I kind of had to just make space to, to do all my cutting and putting the posters together. So yeah, you'll definitely be able to do it, but it, it's been, it's really fun actually being out and pasting. Like you were saying, like galleries have been closed and, but there's a lot of people outside and yeah. like the, I guess like the first like two or three pace that I, I was doing on my own, like people would come up to me, like they'd be like walking their dogs and they're like, Oh, what are you doing? This is this is so cool. Like like how do you do this? Like people really appreciate it. There like there is this one lady, like I had come back to my my images and like I was just like approaching them because I was gonna just touch them up just the edges and things. And she thought that I was about to take them down and she's like, stop. No. (laughs) (laughs) Like she's like protecting my stuff. And I was like, they're mine. And she's like, Oh, they're beautiful. Like, thank you. Like she said, thank you. Like people really appreciate like seeing things just on the street outside of the gallery. It's just kind of like something cool going to work or taking a walk, whatever. So, that's very cool. That's that's an interesting experience to get from that too, because I feel that it would like possibly like motivate you to like want to keep going and uh, you know give some people some like hope and something to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Yeah. Um, have you? I can't remember if you've posted any of the the wheat pastes that you've done. Uh, the, the first ones I did in Hamilton, that was like last October through November. So those ones I showed, uh, I think I did like 10 or so. And then I did some in Toronto, uh, right at Young and Finch area. Okay. I did another one in Hamilton in January. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at that. You did these, like, kind of, like, landscape photos in an underpass? Yeah, that's at, um, like, Young and Lawrence. 
area. Yeah. So that that's connected to a park. So yeah, people walk through there all day, every day. So a lot of them would just stop me when I was doing those. And they're like, yeah, we pass this every morning. <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah, these like, are really cool. Awesome. Yeah, so like, I really want to find cool spaces. Like, I'm really interested in like the architecture and also like any nature, like lone trees around the space that kind of add to the work. So that that's definitely the part of the hard part is finding like the prime location to pace. Because I'm very picky. <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious. So when you do the color ones, it's color laser printer, right? Yeah. See, so yeah. you, you couldn't really. I, I don't think inkjet would really work because when you put the paste on it, it would probably like. Yeah, Jason would probably run. Yeah. The, the ink would run. All but right. with the, the laser printer, it's perfect. And it's really good quality. Even Hamilton's printer is amazingly good. So. Yeah, like I, I saw the quality of the stuff he did for paste plots and was blown away by it and holy yeah. shit i'm just looking at this one you did with this like spider web in a window um this really good detail like, yeah that was off of like a parking garage in toronto a few years ago but yeah this massive spider web yeah I, I like doing like really colorful stuff for the wheat pacing it's like can just kind of catch your eye from all the way down the street. Yeah, and I, it's interesting looking at, at your stuff because I'm used to Jay's um, wheat paste as, as like an example for wheat paste. Um, and most of his stuff's been black and white. Like he's been doing more color recently, which has been kind of cool. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's definitely something that is on my mind to, to jump into this year because just such a neat thing and it's an interesting way to interact with the city um and add to the city like um i was walking i was doing a photo walk um with my friend uh, amy a few months before i ended up moving and was just talking about like how i was kind of like struggling with being in in toronto and not feeling like connected or like you know comfortable with the place and so that was like part of why I wanted to move back to Vancouver and um she kind of made a comment being like you know for someone that doesn't feel like they're connected to this city um I've seen your face on like four buildings so far <laughs> and you're like sticker like over on on random things and she's like you're kind of like part of this place now and I was just like yes so Jade did plaster parts of my face all over Toronto <laughs> I think you're in Hamilton also. Yeah. Yeah, in Hamilton Queen. in Toronto. Yeah, the Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And it was kind of funny because I would actually have, like, random people that I didn't know when I'm walking around, like, parts around where Jay, like, posted the weed paste, being like, I recognize, where do I know? And it's like, you know, you probably saw, like, my <laughs> beard or, like, my eyes or something on some random wall somewhere. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if I'll end up doing that kind of stuff like what, what Jeremy does because like that's very much his his unique style but um, I was thinking of like doing more of like the altered Polaroid 
kind of thing because i i really like the look of how that polaroid that jay put up of mine at pace plots looked and um yeah i've got a shit ton of polaroids that i need to scan and do something with because i like shooting things more than i like scanning them yeah i've seen another wheat pace artist that does like blown up polaroids and it looks really cool and, and that's the thing, it doesn't have to be photography based either. Like you can, whether you're a painter, or, um, you do like silk screens and things like that. Like you can. That's right. Yeah. You can paste that. If you can photocopy it, you can paste it. Yeah. Exactly. That's very cool. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. The possibilities are endless. The possibilities <laughs> are endless. Um, you know, you can do anything you want, really, as long as you're not going to, like, hurt or harm people. Like, that's not a cool thing. But, you know, yeah. any anything's absolutely possible. Um, what is it? My daddy used to always say... Oh, sorry, excuse me. Um, he always used to say, it's like, nothing is impossible, but a lot of things are improbable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I kind of feel like a lot of us limit ourselves um, on what we can do just by having this like preconceived notion or like something in the back of our minds that someone told us once when we were kids or something that we just like held on to and it just like you know ruined us somehow and um, I, I hope with all this time that so many of us have had by ourselves the people that were brave enough or stumbled inward and spent some time with themselves could like reconnect with those those kinds of things because i feel like pre-covid there was a lot of distraction and um you know we all kind of just avoided things inside of ourselves and avoided things around us because there just wasn't really a need to like face things and uh you know a lot of us have had a lot of alone time these past like three years now yeah definitely yeah we were all kind of distracted before and just like preoccupied with things that weren't really important but i i mean yeah hopefully if you can use this time to kind of get in touch with what you're actually interested in, and who you are and what you want in your life and what what kind of world you want to live in so you know burn it down fuck things up yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. it's uh what is it the vancouver red dragons their line was fuck shit up <laughs> yeah. get out there and like fuck <laughs> shit up especially nazis <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome just a here Yeah, it, it is really awesome. Like, I, it's, it's kind of like in, in history, whenever there's been like a really dark time that everyone's had to go through, there's always like a, an interesting renaissance period afterwards. And so I'm really curious to see um, what our renaissance period is going to look like and what's going to come out of it. And 
the kinds of artists. And I really hope that we'll see more tangible stuff because like digital and, and all of that stuff is, is, um, really cool and, and whatnot for sure. But I don't know, like it, it would just be neat to see more things like that are in the same space as we are. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about WePace. Like it's a physical thing. Like if you wanted to, you could like touch it. Um, I wouldn't cause like, you know, a lot of places where they get posted, weird shit happens to them. And like, you know, yeah. I don't really like touching random buildings in general. <laughs> so it's, that's an interesting yeah, part. Cool. But, it's cool to see repaste like fade over time and like the texture of the paper starting to peel. Thing. Yeah, like it, it adds an interesting thing to it. And like the the whole NFT thing alarms me a little bit in some ways because it's like it's an even more of a push to go to something intangible and distant from people where it's like you know you can have an online gallery show in the metaverse fucking mm -hmm. hellscape <laughs> like i i'm terrified by that kind of stuff because it's just gonna distance us more and that's not what we need. Like we need to be getting people together more and we need to actually start building real communities with each other because that's what this time period has shown is that we've had such a lack of community and we were clinging on to like the little bits of community that we could sort of create and, and be part of pre pandemic. But then the pandemic obliterated, uh, obliterated a ton of that. And, um, I just feel like NFTs, metaverse, that kind of stuff is just going to make that even worse and it'll feel like it's maybe a real thing, but then there'll always be that, like, it's, it's not quite the same and there'll be, like be this longing. And so I hope like the Renaissance that we see brings more tangible things like, um, yeah, like Chris says here, good point. We've been riding enough of over of a counter enlightenment for a while. Now it's time for something better, more books, more print, more real. And then Jay says, um, ask you about being a curator for May Day. <laughs> I already talked about May Day. <laughs> oh, you missed it, Jay. You weren't paying attention. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. So, so May Day, we have seven artists right now for a group show, Wheat Pasting at Pace Black. So that is all I'm going to Oh, wait, no, no. He said, ask her about being. I don't know I'm if not he a meant. <laughs> I don't know if he meant you create. I don't know. I'm confused now. Sorry, Jay. Text me later. <laughs> no, 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 you've been calling me the curator for the show, even though he's also a curator. And neither of us like the term curator. Like, we just. We just want to put on a show, you know. We just invited people. To well, do you're it. the you're the curator then. <laughs> just like so Camera's cute. the artist and Water's the artist. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle's curator. <laughs> that that's what you should put on your like business card. Danielle is curator. <laughs> oh, please. 
<laughs> but more on Mayday in the next month or so. Well, he says bullshit. It's her show. Yeah. yeah it's, really, it's his idea. But you're the one that's making it happen. We're both making it happen. I mean, he's helping me. He has to fucking help me. Well, I mean, he said it's your show, so. <laughs> no. But it'll be pretty cool. It's our Mayday Beltane show. So. Are you guys going to, like, um,. Just post work of it on your like you know respective Instagram accounts or yeah cool. yeah um yeah I'm not really sure what else we can do at this point to like help promote it but definitely Instagram. Well, do you guys have a date of when you're gonna do it? I think we're gonna actually do the the pasting on May Day. And just kind of keep it going. I mean, it'll stay up for the next few months anyway. So. What's May Day? May 1st. Oh, okay. The 1st of May. Makes sense. Jesus. Um, he said, who are the artists? Shut up. <laughs> I'm not revealing <laughs> anything right now. Okay. You, you got you to gotta promote it. You got to sell the sizzle. It, we literally just like confirmed the artist this week. And, you know, I don't know if anyone's going to stay in by the time May Day comes around. So, Well, if you say it now, it's on the Internet, and the Internet's forever, so they're committed. So (laughs) here's your chance to lock them in. No. no. You're not going to do that? No, not yet. Plus, I might butcher someone's last name, so I'm not. Just say their first (laughs) name. Uh, No. No? (laughs) No, I'll, I'll reveal everyone soon. All right, that's fair. I'll let you off yeah. the hook. I won't Thank do that you. to you. But I will, because I've been thinking about making another trip back. Um, maybe that would be a good time to come out there. What day is, day is May? Yeah. Oh, that's a Wednesday. Is it? Yeah. Okay. May 1st is a Wednesday. That's a bummer. definitely What's that? Definitely come out. So yeah, like I, I just might because I was thinking like either late March, early May, but you know could just do late April. No, sorry, yeah. wrong thing. Late March, early April, but could just do late April, early May. Yeah. Chris says lock them in like a final answer on who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> Same, same, same. Be patient. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Jay. Just putting you on the spot. Commit to what? Sorry, Chris is just like commit to it, Merlin. I'm like, I don't, well, yeah. yeah. Come see us. Come pace with us. Like, I hope to have all the artists there to pace also. We'll keep yeah, you posted like, on it because I've been wanting to do a trip back to Toronto for a while because I miss it and I miss people there. So um, that could be a really great reason to uh, to head out there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been really cool chatting with you. I feel like yeah. we've grilled you a bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll let you off the hot seat for a bit. Um, yeah. But was there anything else you wanted to say to the crowd while you had people's attention? No, just, well, create art for fun all the time, you know, as your, as your self-therapy or whatever it is that makes you happy. Yeah, that's all. I love it. <laughs> and it's- thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for, for coming on here because, you know, this um, wouldn't be a chat if I was by myself just talking to the <laughs> wall. That'd be a little awkward. Like, I mean, I could probably do it if I don't take my meds for a bit, but, um, you know. Oh, Chris says, what's your favorite Arctic nation? My favorite Arctic nation? I don't know. I'll think about it. <laughs> I'll message you later, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair well um i guess i'll do the outro here and we'll get uh mr mocha to let us out um next week i'm gonna have stephen reeves joining uh from dallas texas um he's part of film photographic um and a uh, teacher down there and an excellent photographer and sorry photographer in the dallas region um and he's a cool dude so i'm looking forward to chatting with him and thank you danielle for hanging out with me and spending some time and thank you everyone for tuning in and hanging out with us and uh yeah we'll uh see you guys in a week Bye. take care stay safe out there Peace. Bye. Bye.